Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. It's live on KEXP. I'm your host, DJ Kevin Cole from listener-powered, independent, 90.3 FM, KEXP broadcasting live in Seattle and streaming 24-7 at kexp.org and over our mobile apps with real live DJs curating music in real time. KEXP is a nonprofit arts organization. These live performances are made possible by donations from listeners just like you. I'm so happy to be joined in studio today by Caroline Powachek. Welcome. Thank you, Kevin. I'm so happy to be back. It is so great having you back. There's a lot to catch up on, but how about a, a set of music first? Let's do it. I want to kick it off with a song called Blood and Butter. Look at you in denim and bows I know the mode, the mode is lethal Say you wanna show me your place The place is here, the here is inside you Closer than your little touch 
It's Caroline Palachek live on KEXP. Thank you so much. That was Blood and Butter. And I want to play a really tragic one now. This one's called Butterfly Net. Forgetting this 
Caroline Palachek and Band live on KEXP. This one's called Sunset. Check live on KEXP. Three songs from the new album, Desire, I Want to Turn Into You. You just heard Sunset before that, Butterfly Net and Blood and Butter. Caroline, again, it's so great having you here. Last time you were here, you played four songs off Pang solo at the piano. I think that was a first for you. It was. And that was such a treat. And uh, this is a treat now to have you here with the band. Do you mind introducing them? I would love to introduce them. We've got Matt Horton on guitar, Maya Lanner on bass and singing with me, and Mr. Russell Holtzman on drums. Thank you all. It's so great having you here. So that last session was in December 2019. Obviously, a lot has happened since then, including the release of the new record that came out on Valentine's Day. Nice Mm -hmm. little gift for us all. 
Uh, Desire, I want to turn into you. Um, congratulations on the on the record. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thanks it, for all the KEXP airplay as well. Yeah, we love it. And it's such a spectacular record. The opening track, Welcome to My Island, is such an anthem. The whole album, and that song in particular, is so full of life. It also feels like kind of a triumphant coming out of the pandemic anthem. Tell me about writing it, and also, do you mind telling me about, like, when you think about a new project, like an album, do you think, oh, I need an opening song? Hmm. Well, it's funny. Welcome to My Island was the first song that was written on this album, but it wasn't written for this album. It was written the same week I wrote Ocean of Tears and So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings. Wow. In L.A., uh, 2018. Okay. And I knew as soon as I wrote that song, I was like, this one doesn't sit at the table with the others. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just way dumber and brattier and bolder and um, code switchy and um, feral. And it wasn't really as like crystalline and, um, and narrative as the rest of Pang was. So I, it, in some ways, it kind of started me down the path of kind of thinking about this next album as something that was A, dealing with a lot more sort of abstraction um, and like nonlinear lyricism, but B, just something where I would actually, a record where I could actually A, let it be more more beat driven, but B, um, really let my vocals be a little wilder and freer than I'd ever tried before. So Welcome to My Island, yeah, definitely set the tone for the album. Wow, it's cool is it, that it predated, it goes back to the Pang days. It does, yeah. Um, You've talked about this new record as being hyper-maximalist. And uh, I get that. I feel that. It also feels just right. So how do you balance when you're working on a song, like new ideas and maybe sometimes a desire to go bombastic with uh, not going all in? (laughs) Well, I guess I think about maximalism as uh, almost kind of more of a feeling Mm -hmm. um, or relationship I have with like, what living feels like, I guess, rather than we're using all the tools in the kit. We're putting all the instruments in the arrangement. For me, it's more like I was trying to get at this feeling of too muchness, of, of, of overwhelm, of awe, of, um, which is kind of why I situated in the subway, because as a music listener, the album cover was situated in the subway, because often as a music listener, that's a situation where I'm the most overtaken by the, by, a, by music, but also B, by kind of being in the swirl of the world and feeling very tiny um, in the swirl of the world. So when I approached the idea of maximalism on this record, I wanted it to feel very pupils dilated, you know, a too muchness to it. I love how you've been experimenting with some different instrumentation on the record, like Sunset we just heard had some Spanish guitar, Blood and Butter has sort of the bagpipe kind of sound going on, Matt. Thank you. I was wondering how you kind of balance the experimental side of you with the pop side. I think if I thought about those two things being distinct, I would go insane. Um, I feel like a lot of music that calls itself experimental is actually very traditional and is like, you know, being very loyal to traditions that have been around since the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Um, and pop Again, I don't know if pop music, I don't even know what the sound of pop music is. Like, I feel like eight years ago I knew what the sound of pop music is, but now I don't. Um, So I really like to think about things more in terms of like boldness or vividness. For me, that's the spectrum is like how nuanced versus how bold things are. And that's, those are sort of my, 
my binaries that I slide back and forth between. In doing that, do you think, uh, even though pop is always changing, we don't necessarily know what it is, seems like it's in a great state right now where it's more arty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew what that meant. <laughs> I know. Well, for me, it means like, you, you, man, you, there's all this interesting stuff happening, especially with production and layering and concepts and personality. And it seems to me to be sort of less about personality than it used to be. Here at KEXP, when we think about radio, we think, like, it's really easy to have an eclectic radio station that nobody listens to, but it's really hard to have an eclectic station that a lot of people listen to. So it takes a finesse and a balance. And as an artist, do you think about the subversive nature of pop or reaching a lot of people? I guess I can understand that idea in terms of taboos, that, like, pop music has always needed to be cathartic. And often that means dealing with emotions that are not able to be expressed um, because they're not allowed to be. Um, I do feel like in the last 10 years, we kind of went into a phase of music being really like about numbing oneself, you know, whether that takes the form of like talking about Xanax or depression or like how jaded or unfazed you are by things and I don't know if that was necessarily like a, a taboo in itself that has now been exercised and is like out of our system or what. But um, yeah, I think different forms of like catharsis. And I think, you know, what we call pop music definitely has the job of harmonizing people with the world, like making you feel like you belong in the world, whether it's making you feel more confident or, um, you know, like you're part of some kind of inside joke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You do that in a great way where you um, write what I think are really personal songs yet have universal appeal or impact. Thinking of the song, I Believe, which I, I think was written kind of as part of your grieving process for the loss of Sophie. But while that is deeply personal, there's sort of a transcendent nature to the song that I think everybody can relate to. Yeah, I Believe is a very special one to me on the album. Um, I kind of wanted... It was actually a very challenging song lyrically because um, the verses were a very direct kind of love letter to Sophie. But I wanted the choruses to not only kind of expand upon that, to, but to be able to hold so many meanings, um, to deal, to, to address loss and togetherness at the same time. So that like you could think about it, you know, you could listen to it on the last day of summer camp or you could put it on at a wedding or at a funeral and it would all, it was all, it would always hit and just in different ways. So sometimes I, I, I really get into sort of like the openness of lyrics and um, yeah, this kind of game of like how poignant can you make something while keeping it as open as possible. I, I love that. In the song Sunset, there's the line, you know, we're told about a safety net, but when I look, it's just a, a hand that's holding mine. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, I don't know, there's a, sense of comfort to that idea just being really honest about it yeah that's my most american lyric in the, on the album <laughs> what do you mean by that oh just that we have all these illusions of you know the law or health insurance or society being or you know the, the banking system being this form of you know godlike support that of course is a, is an illusion totally 100 so it's just the people around us in our lives that are our only form of safety net yeah uh, you had a great Instagram post yesterday that kind of talked a little bit about sort of what you think about when you write. It, it was about the song Smoke, and you were saying that you'd worked on it, you let it rest for a while. When we were able, well, when you were able to start performing mm -hmm. live again. Yeah. 
uh, and the world was. It helped uh, the song take its shape. But you talk about the contradiction between the lightness of the lyrics and also the music and, and Danny's tectonic bass and, yeah. and these rave breaks. And then you say it, it influenced other songs like Pretty Impossible and uh, Fly to You. Yeah. How so? In what ways? Well, one of the cool ways um, that Danny and Danielle Harl and I like to work is we think about an album kind of like a constellation. And when songs sound very different than each other, that's exciting for us because we're not like, oh, this album's incoherent. It's that it gives us an opportunity to write what we call like bridge songs, a song that kind of bridges two songs and ties them together. And very often we... Uh, we completely lose the plot and end up writing something else that's also an, another like outer boundary of the constellation. But um, but yeah, uh, songs like Fly to You and Pretty Impossible both in some ways were sort of bridge tracks to sort of, uh, sort of identify like the heart of the album because songs like Smoke made it very clear that breakbeats needed to be a big part of this album. That's, that's really cool to hear because... And now we've got Russell who eats them alive live. <laughs> Pretty Impossible is a great song coming out of uh, Welcome to My Island. It is a great transition into Bunny as a Rider. Thank you. A, you know, a great bridge while it stands alone as, as on its own. So back to Hyper Maximalist. So you're kind of blowing up. So now you're playing on these big, gigantic stages. How um, does that change how you think about the performance uh, and what you need to do to have impact or to connect with people? And... Um, how do you think that might impact how you write new songs? Well, I guess the sizes of clubs that we're playing right now present a really interesting challenge because they're not big enough that you would ever get side screens of you know video, live video, but they're big enough that for the people sitting in the back of the room, we're still little ants on mm -hmm. stage. So I've thought about things very much in traditional terms of how these problems are solved in like ballet and opera with scenic set design, with lighting, um, and with dynamics, just sort of like creating like an expansion and contraction during the show. Um, and also with choreography, I've had to like actually get my cardio strength up for this tour because I'm running back and forth across bigger stages while having to sing. And if you get out of breath, you can't sing well. So, yeah. um, so in that sense, yeah, I'm waving my little limbs all over the place, running back and forth across the stage. And ultimately, like conceptually leaning into the smallness of being on stage with this giant volcano that we've built that we travel with. Um, I really like the kind of visual metaphor of feeling so small against this big thing. Yeah, that's, that's a cool concept. And, you know, thinking of traditional staging and maybe opera or whatever, you have these big dynamic movements um, that you need to have for folks that are sitting in the back. But when you get to that next level then, when there is the gigantic screens, <laughs> then do you need to also be thinking about the real subtle... Then you have to think about facial control. Exactly, right? <laughs> I'm That's... not there yet. I have no ability to control my face. Life on the road can be really grueling. How do you stay healthy? Do you, how, do, how do you kind of live your best life on the road? Honestly, I feel extremely, extremely lucky to be out with this group of people and the folks who are on the other side of that glass. Like, we just keep the vibes very, very high and look after each other. And honestly, we're all pretty healthy. Like, you know... There are no heavy drinkers in this group. It's all pretty, it's all pretty grown up. And you're exercising on stage, running back and forth. Yeah, running back and forth. Um, hydration. I know it's so boring, but drinking a ton of water is a lifesaver. You don't have a, a tour shaman that 
cleanses your aura every day or a it's ritual. It's kind of Maya, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> So it's Caroline Polachek live on KEXP. It's so great having you back. Thank you so much, Kevin. It's such a huge honor. Yeah, I feel the same. Really appreciate you. Thank you for the great performance. Um, Really looking forward to what happens next. Thank you again. Really appreciate it. It's live on KEXP. I'm Kevin Cole from Listener Powered, Independent 90.3 FM, broadcasting live in Seattle, streaming 24-7 online. And these performances are possible because of support from listeners like you. So thanks to everybody who donates. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And you'll get notifications when we launch amazing sessions like this one from Caroline Palachek. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>